I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Hello and welcome to episode 34. And we have a really interesting topic, mainly because I feel like so many creative people go through burnout or almost get burnt out. So I think that this is a very timely episode. Beginning of the year, you know, we are trying to make something new in our life. And I think a lot of us need a little bit more anti-burnt out behavior. And I'm reading that directly on our guest sweatshirt. So can I actually have our guest introduce herself? Well, thank you for having me. I'm Irena Sargent, aka Chill Sargent, if you're looking for me on social media. Um, I am a burnout relief strategist, uh, speaker, and the founder of Hooky Wellness, a burnout relief platform for hardworking professionals. I'm really excited about this conversation. It's always good to dig into burnout. And as you say, it's good for the beginning of the year. It's good for the end of the year. It's good for middle of the year. It is a very relevant topic at all times. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you for being down to do this. Um, we actually met at a coffee with creatives in the same space that we are recording mm -hmm. now. So we're actually in the Do Greater podcast studio again. And we also wanted to give a really quick shout out and thank you to them for letting us use a really cool podcast space and for connecting us in a sense, because I feel like if we weren't on the other side of the building doing coffee with creatives, we wouldn't be doing this today. Absolutely. And I'm over here nodding like anyone can hear me nod, but yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this space. I didn't even realize they had all of this over there, over here. So I think they're doing an amazing job and have a great service for students. Mm -hmm. So I'm appreciative. Yeah. And all the podcasts, like booking fees and actually any of the rooms that you do the booking fees for, they go directly to funding their programs that they have. So we're, you know, kind of contributing to their mission, which is kind of great, you know, a little easy way to do that. Um, before we go into the burnout topic and actually talking about you and how you came to being a founder of Hooky Wellness and doing a lot of the amazing things that you're doing now that we were talking before we hit record, um, I want the listeners to know you as you as a person, not you as like a business professional person that's like super serious because you're not, you know. <laughs> Business professional person. Uh, yes. Yeah, no one can see my like little my little arms, but you know, where I feel like all of us are kind of really more more human than we really try to give off to people. So um, first things first, I always like to ask people what their favorite movie is. Ooh, you're coming out the gate. Huh? I know. <laughs> I, I I follow how I feel, so I'm like, ooh, favorite of all. I, I just. That's, that shouldn't be that hard, but I'm just gonna go not thinking and say The Little Mermaid. So, my ask either of my sisters, and they'll be like, No, she watched that every single freaking day when she was little. So, I am here for the remake, and that like touched my soul in a whole no new way. So, I'll go with The Little Mermaid. Oh my gosh, yes, that's, that's a pull. A, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> choice. Also, the songs in that are so so freaking beautiful, mm -hmm. and then remake too with all the songs that were in that. Oh my God, maybe I'll watch this afterwards. Uh -huh. <laughs> you just gave me a movie recommendations for after the podcast recording. There you go. All right, let's do, what is your favorite way to relax? 
So I'm very much a uh, binge TV watcher. It just allows me to escape. So especially when I want to chill, I'm on this tiny desk binge. Um, So one of my favorite ways to relax is doing a tiny desk uh, binge. So uh, getting some new favorite artists as well as checking out some old ones. Um, And then my second favorite thing to do um, to relax is really to go to the spa. Like massage is my happy place. If only they were free, um, things would be so much better. But massages is also a way to relax because I get a lot of like muscle tension. So it is functional, but also amazing. Same. I have like so much like muscle tension up in my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I've been told that that's like a really, it's a big area that a lot of like women tend to have a lot of tense feelings in. I don't know. Women also have a lot to have to deal with in this world. Yes. Everyone has a lot to deal with right about now. Yeah. Yeah, that upper, the traps and the shoulders. You work at a desk. um, We're using our phones all the time, so we're really trapping our stress in our muscles. So, yes, get massages if you can. Stretch, work out, all of the things. It is a small thing that makes a huge difference. So, yeah, let's do something different because this this is not not it. No, <laughs> not at all. My last one is what is your favorite book? It could be any kind of book. I will accept comic books, story books, chapter books. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm just like pulling. I do this to every person too. Okay. Which they're always just like, Korean, why are you asking me these things? And I'm like, but I like to know other people's favorite things so that I could add it to my reading list of things too. I feel it. I'm a little bit of a collector. So I'm like, mm, depends on the season and the spirit and how I feel about favorites. Um, but it's funny because I love books and I'm like a bookworm. I was that kid with the book it mm-hmm. um, pin. So I'm like, what is on my bookshelf today? You're having to like mentally scan what oh. your bookshelf looks like. Literally right now. visualizing it. Yes. You know what? I'm going to go with one of my more recent past few years in this space, but it's maybe you should talk to someone. That is a great book. It's actually, um, as I say, it's one of my favorite books. Her name is escaping me, but it's Lori. I forgot her last name. But it is a therapist that writes about her personal experience with therapy as well as uh, giving insight on some of her clients' journeys. But I found that extremely insightful as I was getting deeper into the work that I do in mental health and wellness because it gave me different perspectives. It helped to understand a journey. It gave insights. And it was so relatable and funny in a lot of places. So maybe you should talk to someone because uh, it is very relevant to this combo today. Yeah. And actually, I want to know how it's like for you because you're – and correct me if I'm wrong how the actual like title would be. You would say like a burnout recovery specialist. What's the, what's the term? What's the term to correctly like describe what you do? Well, like many creatives, it's whatever I decide to come up with that day. <laughs> um, so the space that I'm in, I, I've like really, uh, it took me a while to figure out what, what I wanted my space to be. Like I've been in this game uh, like six years. So uh, long story short, just jumping forward, I'm a marketer, in innovation, brand person by trade. So like I worked in corporate as you're like, oh, like button up professional. I'm like, that's my life. And that is me a lot. Uh, it is how I'm trained, conditioned. I got the MBA. I checked the boxes for all that fun stuff. Um, but as I was going through that journey, I recognized some things needed to change and we needed to approach it differently. So um, there's a lot of different ways you can go, consultant, coach, uh, there's 
official practitioners, which I am not, uh, I'm not a mental health therapist. I applaud them for the work they do. It is not my testimony and not the route I want to go because that work is very, very hard. But I specialize in burnout relief. So I'm a burnout relief strategist. So it's really about helping you understand what you can do and how you can evaluate and identify the relief pathways that are best fit for you. Because burnout is very personal, it is very nuanced, and yes, there are common symptoms that are somewhat universal, but the who, what, when, where, and why, and how you got there is all very personal. So it can become overwhelming if you not only don't know what burnout is in the first freaking place, but you don't understand what are the different ways that you can find relief or recovery, or you can prevent it in the first place. So it's about, well, the space that I'm in is about being proactive and really building your self-awareness and understanding so you can identify, recognize the warning signs, and figure out what you can actually do about it. Could so you, burnout relief strategist is yeah. Okay, burnout relief strategist. I got to like insert that in my brain because I remember I was coming into this being like, what do I, what do I call you? <laughs> Therein lies the woes of entrepreneurship. I'm always just like founder of Hooky Wellness, and I'm like, Thumbs up. I'm like, that's, that's one. That's one of the many titles of it. But in case we have anybody that isn't actually sure about what burnout is, or maybe they have a, a conception of it that actually may not be what it actually is. Could you talk about that? And maybe some misconceptions that have been, that you've heard from other people when it comes to burnout? Yeah. Um, So I love starting with the definition. So there are multiple definitions out there in the world. The one that I like to point to the most is that burnout is mental, physical, and emotional exhaustion brought on by prolonged unmanaged stress. The reason I really like that definition is because it highlights how holistic it is. It's not just this point of being tired, um, which is often discounted to be that, but it is holistic. It hits every part of your being, as well as it is prolonged unmanaged stress. Stress is just part of the game. It's part of existing in the world. Um, There's actually um, a stress curve that is in the world of mental health and wellness that shows you that there are different shades and variations of stress. There's actually a point in stress where it is optimal. There's a point where there's too little stress. And then there's a point where there's too much stress. And that is where the stress curve turns into the burnout cycle. And so burnout is the result of unmanaged, prolonged. It is not something that happens in a day. It is something that progresses over weeks, months, and sometimes even years. Burnout also has different stages, phases, dimensions. Um, So some of the biggest things that you'll hear when it comes to burnout is exhaustion is a major part of it. Exhaustion is actually the first warning sign. And as I said, it's not just, I'm tired, I need a nap. No amount of naps or sleep is helping you feel restored. So you wake up tired. Like you are dragging in all of your being. That's the type of exhaustion that starts to exist within burnout and is a very early warning sign of not just burnout, but a number of mental health and wellness challenges. So I always pause there because if you are feeling that deep exhaustion, something is awry. Burnout may be one of those things, but something is awry. So take heed and start to figure out what's going on with you. Another big aspect of burnout that comes in is detachment and cynicism. So as you get into those parts, it's where you start to pull away from those things and people that you love and used to refill your cup, but no longer maybe bringing you joy. Um, You often see people becoming more cynical about things. Um, In the workplace, as you are viewing others, they can often be that toxic employee. And it's like, how did they get there? Um, By not managing what was going on. 
Uh, there's also things like misplaced uh, conflicts, communication issues, um, a, a overlooking or um, just missing, neglecting your, your basic needs. Um, so some of those are the earlier, are actually um, across the spectrum of burnout. And then there are some that are really deep that often get overlooked, which are like PTSD-like symptoms. Um, so for me personally, my burnout was heavily related to workplace. And so when my outlook would go out, off, my entire body would freeze, my stomach would drop, I would feel nauseous. Uh, and that was happening even after I left the workplace. Uh, and so when you talk to people who are have recognized and started to get into the recovery, these PTSD-like symptoms are a very real thing that gets overlooked. Another big one that gets overlooked are just kind of this cognitive fog. And so I do a lot of work with high-achieving, hard-working, the people always figuring it out. And so cognitive fog is not only frustrating and alarming on a personal level, but it also will greatly impact your ability to do your job, which if you're not able to deliver on your job, if you're already in the burnout cycle, that just amplifies everything that's going on. And so recognizing there are times where you're like, yo, I don't know what's happening, but the math ain't mathing anymore. <laughs> like I'm trying to do things like I normally did, but it's not working. It's taking me double, triple, or who knows how long to get stuff done. That's another big warning sign. And it's important that you do it because of your health, but it also will impact you professionally as well. So those are just a couple of things top of mind um, for for how I like to start talking in, uh, about burnout. I feel like it's something that seems cyclical. Would that be it? Or it seems like, you know, one thing happens and it just compounds like snowball effect. That's what it sounded like from you where you were mm -hmm. like, you know, there's that unmanaged stress and then somehow it's like affecting this part of my life and this part of my life. And then you're like, going in a loop and you're just thinking how the hell did I get here so that's so that's so interesting because um I think many of us have probably been burnt out but never probably understood that they were even at that stage and that's now I'm kind of getting worried don't be worried <laughs> I need it, to check on my friends well yes you need to check <laughs> on your friends but um I wouldn't create it from a sense of being worried burnout is something that has existed like I truly um, view it as something that just goes hand in hand with capitalism. So it's not like it's new. Burnout was coined in the 1970s. It's just it took a pandemic for us to start really talking about it. Um, and so it's not new. So we just have to figure out how to deal with it. But you're absolutely right. It didn't get any airtime. We're in a world of hustle culture. It's always how can you do more and how can you do more with less? And so we never really gave the airtime to, oh, yeah, take some breaks. Make sure you're managing your mental health. Make sure you're staying cognizant of what your body and your mind are trying to tell you. Make sure of this. Make sure of that. We weren't giving as much attention to those things that, if left unmanaged, can result in accelerated or um, advanced burnout. But now we're at a point where we can. And there's, it's always been reversible. And the more knowledge we have, the the more proactive we can we can deal with it. But yeah, burnout, Quentin in the 70s, been around since forever. It was impacting 77% of professionals before the pandemic, and now we're at like 89%. Oh, wow. So, but once again, burnout's a cycle. So if that starts to make you feel alarmed, there are different stages of it. The, the later stages, the more intense the symptoms and the more intense the recovery. If you're in the earlier stages where you're having some of those initial exhaustion symptoms or signs, you're having 
the earlier signs of neglecting your needs, if you're starting to notice that your productivity is decreasing and you're, yet you're working more, those are things that in the earlier stages, the methods of self-care can actually help. They can help to not only mitigate, manage, and prevent. It is how do you let off stress? How do you let off steam? When you get into those later stages, they may require more intensive therapy, longer recovery time. They might require that you completely step away and do something like a sabbatical. But regardless of where you are, it is reversible. There are things you can do and there's support to help you do it. So I don't want to make it feel alarmed, but I also <laughs> like to be real. Like, yeah. this shit is real. If you can avoid it, please do. Because been there, done that, made the t-shirt, don't want to go back and trying to keep people out of it. Um, so don't want to leave you depressed by any means. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> And definitely, I'm glad that you told me, like, yo, don't worry about it, because I would have started a whole other cycle of things, um, too. Um, I feel like a lot of times, too, I get stressed about being stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Is okay. that something that you've heard from people that are, like, that work with you? Like, I guess, I, even just thinking of the word stress, and when you were talking about unmanaged stress, I felt my body just going, like, huh, like, just having a flashback of all the times I've just been stressed and just did not handle them well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get that from my clients, but I also been there, done that. Like for the longest, even though I knew it was hard to still internalize what was going on even with me because it became a matter of, but I did what I was supposed to do. I followed the playbook. How, what did I do wrong? Um, and there are things that are definitely within the realm of individual behavior, actions, and responsibility. There's also structural systems or collective norms and all of these other uh, things around life, lifing, adulting within the current corporate world or whatever work that you're doing, and how do you manage it all? Like, that was one of the biggest things that I learned in the journey is, or I've been recognizing is we get trained to a certain point. And then it's like, go, be merry, hope you figure this shit out. Yeah. It's all going to be magical. <laughs> you get, like, kicked out of the nest. Right. But we hit points where we can't keep doing things in the same way in which we were doing them. And by nature of doing that or not adjusting based on bandwidth, they're not shifting based on our value changes or not recognizing other things that may be going on and how you do things and what is required for you to do them in a more sustainable way. That is how we get to burnout, but we're, we haven't been taught that. So all of this is new learning or unlearning and we're doing it as a culture because there's a lot of systemic things that are changing at the same time that can uh, create or can help manage burnout. Um, so we're in a spirit of change. We're all figuring out together. I just happened to be burned out 50 million times before uh, the <laughs> pandemic. So I had to start understanding what are some ways that we can approach it in a way that makes it more digestible, more approachable, and really like practical for real life. Because um, like time is, is a hot commodity and it's like, I'm, once you get ready for relief, we shouldn't make it so hard to actually get the support to get there. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Please put that on like a banner. Ooh. Oh my Lord. We were talking about massage when you're talking about self-care and just like, oh man, I'm wishing it was just like, you know, free or like accessible in some way, maybe covered by insurance. You know, that's Sometimes. a whole other question thing. But yeah, like it's, there's so many things where I feel like there are ways for us to make our lives just so much easier, so mm -hmm. much more fulfilling. But it's like that accessibility that's just hard. And you were talking about too, there's this systematic things that are in place that lead to burnout or at least mm -hmm. contribute to yes. like people getting an easier time to go into that process. 
how do you, I guess, address that or at least talk with people and the people that you work with where, you know, I mean, I'm all about, you know, fight the power and systematic change, but I think it's a lot on somebody as one person to think that they can change like a whole system. Like what can one person do so that, you know, they can prevent burnout or get recovered from the burnout that they may already be experiencing? Yeah, that's not a big question at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, there's a lot of things that are wrong and a lot of things to do and fix and change. And to be honest, that was like very overwhelming to me when I first started down this journey. I was like, oh, I am going to have some positive impact on burnout. And I was like, do I want to eliminate burnout? Do I want to do this? Do I want to help this, that way, whatever? And it became too big because there's just too many things. I'm really passionate about equipping individuals, whether they be focused on themselves or focused on their team, to have a greater awareness and knowledge on how to recognize burnout and what they can do about it. And so if we just start there with the brass tacks, that is so powerful because so often I have run into clients or met other people in their journey and so long they were delayed and starting to feel better just by nature of them not understanding what was going on. Mm. Like, I personally felt blindsided when I dealt with burnout, like, the time that I recognized, like, oh, whoa, 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 something's really (laughs) wrong. And as I understood that, I saw that I could recognize the signs in the past when it had happened before. But I had a point where working harder was no longer working. That's all I knew. And I, I am from Detroit. That is what we do. I was always the one that have multiple jobs. I'm like, should I have a degree? Let's go get a couple. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And then... I did all the things, and then I hit a point where I literally was in front of my computer at my kitchen island working at night, and I just started crying and was like, I can't do this shit anymore. And so it was through the process of getting my therapist, having that help, and then once I understood the term burnout, doing my own research, and I I read the white paper so other people don't have to deal with it, but like that was part of my personal learning. And then I started to be overwhelmed by the very systems that were put in place for us to find support. And so that's where it became a business because as I said, my background is in marketing innovation. I'm very much like, Ooh, what's a framework? Let's do that. (laughs) Like put some structure. I need, I need some structure for my brain. Like as a newly ADHD diagnosis, like I need some structure. So I took the tools that I use in innovation and design thinking and created what I call a relief thinking process. It is how to approach your situation and get a real deep understanding of what's going on, how to think creatively as as well as unbiased uh, ways in which you can approach it, and then be thinking creatively and flexibly, how can you approach it for the situation that you're in? And so for me, it became a matter of how do I think about this? rather than, oh, all I need to do is this. Like so often when it comes to burnout, people think of what's the silver bullet? What's the pill Mm -hmm. I could take? Burnout is not like that. It is complex. It's a big, hairy problem. Uh, And so for me, that is where the flexibility and mindset, understanding what's in your toolkit, being able to be prepared and recognized so that if this, then that. So that is how I approach it, is really giving people a mindset or a framework to think through their burnout situation so they can understand what resources or support they can get and how it can help them. Because there's plenty of things going on in the structural thing, like in the structural world. There are tons of things organizations need to do. There are tons of things leaders or managers need to do. 
But the thing is, we can't control them. We can mm. influence them as a collective. We can heavily influence them. But one of the biggest things when it comes to it is, are you doing your part so that you feel better? And one of the other really big parts of that that is very difficult is like the boundaries world. Like create, that's where the idea of personal boundaries and personal priorities comes in because you can't, if you are, if you're experiencing burnout or have, one of the things you will recognize, you cannot keep doing things in the same way in which you are doing them. You have to change something. And that is a shift as well. And often those changes will come with a need to enforce and create some personal boundaries. So those type of things go hand in hand. And it's what you can do, even when the rest of the world is losing their mind. It's how can I start to bring some more clarity and relief into my everyday world. I think when you actually introduce that and focus it to yourself, you'll kind of unintentionally like help the people that are around you. As well, and I really like that you were talking about when you were, you know, becoming essentially a founder of a whole business like Hooky Wellness. Like that's like a huge thing to have to start that one, but then you're also tackling like a really huge problem. It's a lot of huge things, and I love that you talked about just focusing more on you know you getting that structure down and like figuring out the people that you can. Whether individually or like small groups, like affect, and then that can just be that could be the collective that helps it widen that you know knowledge of what burnout is in the first place, and then also maybe expanding that accessibility to tools and resources that can just help us not be stressed. Like, uh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a world! Actually, well, we still need stress in our lives. Just good stress. There you go. Don't need any bad stress. That's where that's where the problem lies. That is where <laughs> the problem lies. But I will pause because I won't say we can create a world where bad stress doesn't exist. I don't think it's realistic, and I don't want to set myself up to be disappointed. But what I can do is help myself and help those around me understand how to recognize bad stress and understand what they can do about it. Um, and some of that comes with hard decisions. Some of it will be opting out in places that you used to go full force because really there's, no, there's nothing you can do. There will be places where you're like, no, this is where my energy should be put because I can influence change. I can make a difference. And what enables you to do that is by taking care of yourself first. So you got all the cliche cliches of put your mask on first, refill your cup, but they hold. Like you cannot help anyone else if you're not helping yourself. You will not have energy. Um, you will, you can often have a level of disdain uh, and that can be felt by the very people you're looking to support. So by helping yourself, you will be helping others and it'll allow you to create that cycle to illustrate the behaviors you want others to do. And people take note, like so many times throughout this journey, I've been like, why am I doing this? Should I do this entrepreneur? We could talk about entrepreneurship a whole nother, but uh, it's in those moments that someone will, I've had people send me like text messages. I was like, oh my God, you talked about to playing hooky. I play hooky today and I took my sister with me. Or like I've had messages from friends that was like, oh, my husband took our hooky day and said, you wanted to tell you so you'd be proud. Or like things like that. And these are people who grind. Like these are people who are really good at what they do. Uh, and it, they don't understand, they didn't understand or fully appreciate the power of taking the break and the pause and they didn't think it was actually something accessible to them. So just quickly circling back on your on the note about accessibility, there are some real accessibility challenges from a matter of funding, like availability, things of that nature. 
But I, will, I also like to highlight there are things accessible to us that we completely overlook as relief valves, and breaks are that. Like, that's the biggest thing I have started to really talk about lately is, like, taking better breaks. There are, in 2018, there were 768 million unused vacation days in America. Oh, that's one of the statistics that I hate hearing. But I like to say it because everybody is like, what People the need fuck? to hear it. <laughs> like, do you know what we could do with those days? Uh, but I come from a household, uh, very blue collar. Vague time off was not what we do. Like, my husband's, my father-in-law, like, talked about how he never took a vacation. And it's like, why were we doing that? And we can get into the dynamics of culture and especially uh, the black community and why we haven't been able to, but we're at a point where it's like, okay, over 70% of U.S. companies are giving people time off. Like, but why are we just sitting on it? Why is it 55% of vacation days go unused every year? 55, like. That's a lot of days. That's more is. than a month. And yet, stress is skyrocketing, burnout is skyrocketing, depression is skyrocketing, anxiety is skyrocketing. And for the most part, companies actually want to use your time because it's a financial liability if you don't. So it's one of those things of like, as we make statements, it's like, how can I rethink like accessibility? Oh, wait, I do have this. Maybe I should use it. Like, that is something that is... I view as a new requirement of leadership is to take advantage of the resources for and support that you do have so that your team and those around you recognize that they can do it as well. Oh my gosh, yeah. That just made me remember about how one of my last jobs before I went like fully full-time with photography, before that job, it was horrendous. Oh my gosh, mm. worst workplace I've ever been to. Like I would legitimately just be crying before work. Like not even like a small tear. Like it was full on like mm -hmm. wailing, crying. Like I didn't want to go because it was just it was just an awful place on so many different levels. But that job that I went to before, um, I had a really great manager and she was um definitely keeping us in check. Like me and I think like the two other people in the office, we would be like, hey, um, I need to take the day off for this. And you could hear like my voice go mm -hmm. like lower because, you know, whenever you're trying to ask something, you're like, I don't want to uh -huh. intrude. And she was just like, no, take the day off. Or she'd be like, take the take more days off if you need. Like you still have stuff in there. And it was just so refreshing because I'd been in other workplaces, too, where, you know, they would offer those like days off, but they would kind of like low-key discourage mm. it. Or if I did have to call out sick because I was legitimately sick, they'd be like, hmm, prove it. And I don't know, it's just, it's so weird because there are those tools that we do have, but then there's also other factors that mm -hmm. prevent us from understanding like, hey, those are things that we can take advantage of and it's going to be good for us at the end of the day. Yeah, yes. Uh, there are plenty of bosses, like both sides of what you experienced. Um, organizations that give you benefits but don't actually encourage you to take them or don't want you to take them are telling you who they are. It's up to you to decide if you want to be a part of it or not. Um, and so what I find as an empowering thing so that you can make that decision is try to take care of yourself and see if they support you or if they don't. Because if you never try, you'll never know how that organization is. And I'm not saying go get fired. Uh, that is not the case. But we st like there's this interesting power dynamic going on in the workplace between employees and employers. As an employee, as employees, we still have a little bit of power. Like they're trying to take it back, but now's the time. Like if put their money where their mouth is. Like if they said it, call them on it. Take your time. Get your work done. Because for me and a lot of uh, leaders in this space, it's a matter of getting the work done at the quality in which 
you need to get it done, not necessarily when uh, and mm. when and how long it takes you to do it. So get to know your workplace, understand your leader, like what's important to them, and then you can stop doing the busy work that often comes in between. <laughs> but yeah. it's important as an entrepreneur. Like I know we're, you, you, um, your space is really for creatives, but like it is even more important as an entrepreneur to take care of yourself because your business is you. Your business is your health. Like I had some health issues, and it was like, oh, my God, everything else falls apart. If I don't go, nothing goes. Yeah, no one is going. <laughs> exactly. So it is not only imperative for you from a health reason, but, like, for your business and what you were so passionate about to pursue, you want to make sure you're taking care of it, not just from a matter of, oh, is my accounting up to date or are my systems right? But, like, are you in the space that you need to be in order to be the leader or service provider that you want to be? So even especially as an entrepreneur, like I found this even more important, but at the same time more challenging because there you I don't have as many team members. Yeah. Um, so it really falls to you. So please take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah, you totally have to be your own boss. Yes. Like, it really is. And I feel like like how was it telling you, it took that manager, that really great manager, for me to actually be comfortable taking those days off. But me, myself and I, as a boss, and I draw, you know, and like many people, even if we go into an entrepreneurship space, there are little tidbits of what we've learned, what a workplace is that goes into this entrepreneurship life that we try to create. And it's so glamorized and like romanticized all the time. And I mean, I won't trade it for anything else, but it's it's rough. It's hard. There's been many times that I've been like, ooh, ooh, I almost got burned out. Ooh, ooh. Like I was just getting on that like edge of mm -hmm. it. Um but luckily, too, like I've met people like you and I've met so many other creatives who have been and maybe it's just this like post pandemic world yes. where we're just kind of fucking tired, yeah. <laughs> fucking tired of just like feeling tired and mm -hmm. exhausted. And it's been great because I think another thing, too, with burnt out, we think about it as an individual journey, but mm -hmm. it's also something that there's a lot of community healing as well. And for example, I took pictures at your hooky day wellness like experience sort of thing that was so cool thank you um but there was that part where everyone was flying a kite mm -hmm. and it was the cutest thing because it felt like all of these adults just turned into kids immediately and everyone was like cheering each other when the flight the kites would like take flight and like there were even a couple people that were like i've never done this before and there was just so much like childhood or like childlike joy mm -hmm. and it was just so I don't know even just me as a spectator like I was just there to take pictures like I felt refreshed after that and just being able to be in this like healing process with other people and back to our point about you know yes there are things that are unfortunately not the easiest to access but there are so many internal tools that we have. So could you speak on some more internal tools? Because I'm I'm assuming maybe the person on the other side of this recording who's listening, maybe they're wanting to do some action like today or like this week. Like what can they do to kind of start figuring out, okay, like am I in a burnt out process or a stage? And what can they do to, you know, feel better? All right. Okay. I might lose the question in the middle, it's okay. but bring me back. Um, I, thank you. I was so happy to work with you for a Hookie Day experience. Um, for those who may not know, my company, Hookie Wellness, we had a Hookie Day experience in October where we brought uh, Charlotte professionals together for um, four hours of burnout relief. 
Um, I did some education on burnout. We had sound baths. We had massages. We had bubbles and games and flew some kites. So it was really an immersive experience for the pillars of mental wellness is what I like to anchor them in. Uh, so hit me up if you're interested. I'll be... I'll. I should be doing another one, so I'll keep you posted. Oh, I'll add it to the show notes, and I'll probably post it everywhere, because me as a spectator and not even a participant, I was getting FOMO. Oh! Yeah, which is good. It is. <laughs> well, I'll keep you posted. I like to fly kites. That's like my act of meditation, so if I catch some wind, I'll let you know where I'm at. But um, when it comes to what can you do about burnout and recognizing it, so one Recognizing it, uh, the shortcut to it would be to go to either of my websites, uh, irenasargent.com or Hookie Wellness. I have a free quiz that will help you understand where you could be in the burnout cycle. So that is by far the easiest way to get started and understand where you are. There's three stages uh, that you could be in the result. And as you think about it, think of it as you're in a space where you're more to prevent, another one where you want to manage or mitigate, and then another one where you might be deeper towards recovery. So one of those buckets. Uh, but you can take the quiz and that will help you get an understanding. From there, you'll get some tips and tools. But uh, personally, what you can start doing, journaling is one of the best introspective exercises that you can do. If nothing else, start journaling. Uh, it took me a while to get into it because I, I was overthinking it. What? That, that's very common. But journaling is one of the most cathartic um, processes and is known to help with stress reduction is actually one one of the pathways in, in the four pillars of mental wellness. So journaling is one of the first activities that I would say you get started. Um, I did this creative creatives way like program. It was it's this book, uh, and one of the tools she has in it is daily page, morning pages. And so you just write three pages. Are you about the artist way? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that book I love yeah. it. Um, and daily page. I get why people say morning pages is a thing that sticks. That is how I started really sticking with journaling. And journaling is extremely cathartic and will give you insight. If you were like, I feel off, but that's the only word I got, start journaling. Three pages a day. That's it. Just go blank page. No one's judging you. It is just for you. Um, in general, when I talk about relief, as I said, I talk about the pillars of mental wellness. So there's four, um, growth, rest, play, and community. So growth is the things that help with brain development um, and really can also deal with introspection. So journaling, therapy, coaching, um, nutrition, diet, brain health, that type of stuff. Um, in the rest pillar, uh, rest, is, uh, rest is really about helping your brain and body breathe is what I like to say. So my favorite pastime, if I could afford it, massages. Um, massages, um, those type of wellness experiences, um, the things that are sensorial, so like sound baths, that's why it was important to me to have it. Uh, sound baths, uh, color therapy, um, floating, those type of things help your body and your brain breathe. And we trap a lot of our stress in our bodies, um, which if the body keeps the scores and on your reading list, you should put that one on there. It helps understand that in somatic health. Um, but that's why rest pillar is so important because uh, it can truly start in your body and then it just goes all everywhere else um, in your brain and your emotional state. Uh, play, which is the fun one, uh, literally is all about playing games, creative expression, things like that. So that's where the kite flying comes in. Kite is double fold for me because it's also meditative for me because uh, I can't focus on anything other than breathing and keeping that kite in the air. Um, but playing also comes in with comedy or art, um, any type of creative expression, and then community. Um, so definitely being around others, as you said, it's a very collective experience, um, though it can feel very, per it is personal, but it's a collective experience. 
uh, but volunteering, nature, animals, that type of stuff falls under community. So growth, rest, play, and community. Um, so those are examples of what you can do within them. Um, but step one, start journaling. Step two, pick a day for your next hooky day, block it for yourself, and then you can figure out what to do later. If you don't start carving out the time, you won't start finding your relief. So step one, block a day. If you're like, I ain't got a day, a half a day, do something that is just for you, even if it involves just sitting down or something that I mentioned from those pillars. That is how you start changing your behavior so you can start finding relief. Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I actually really love, I love listicles and, like, just list of things. When you were, like, four pillars, I was like, yes. Now I have something to kind of, like, if I have a journal entry, I could be like, all right. Let me figure out the pillars and, like, what are the things I like within it. I might do that after this now. All right. You could definitely stay in touch and uh, take the quiz, join my newsletter, because I might have some tools and resources to help you do just that. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap up the episode. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge and just everything that you do. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I know you kind of talked a little bit about some of the resources you already have, but are there anything else that you want our listeners to know about and just hear about what's coming up for you in the year? Yes. So this has been awesome. Thank you for all of the questions. They were great. I was very curious to see where our conversation went today. Me too. I knew a kite was going to come up. I'm like... Because I really... I loved it. Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to just make kites. Like That's just my thing. Make it like a... Ooh, like a Brandon one? I do want a Brandon one. If there's any creatives out there that hear this and they're like, that might be my testimony as well, find me on social media. Okay. But um, (laughs) what is going on in my world? So... Um, would love for uh, the community to connect and be a part of this journey. So I'm on the social handles like I'm supposed to be. Uh, Instagram, I'm Chill Sergeant, as well as Hooky Wellness has a handle. There will be more stuff coming later, but you can follow them as well. Um, and then um, I support individuals. I have some resources and tools that you can find out about online once you go to my site. And then also for organizations or teams, um, I do speaking engagements and specialized programs to help Uh, your employees really start to get a handle on burnout and be able to recognize their personal warning signs and build their burnout relief strategies. So uh, those are some of the big things. And then I will be launching a book. Um, It'll be coming out in February. It's called Go Love Yourself. It is an uh, adult storybook that follows our our, our lead protagonist, I'll say, um, through their burnout relief journey and gives you a lighthearted way uh, to really take in and understand the relief journey. And there'll be uh, some special resources that will be available through the book. So go love yourself once again, coming out in February. But if you follow me on Instagram, Chill Sergeant, um, or on LinkedIn, I have a newsletter. Um, I am there. So never hesitate to send me questions if you're like, oh, I'm curious about this. Or how would you approach this? That Answering questions is one of the things that I love the most. So never hesitate to reach out. Yeah, awesome. And we'll have this all in the show notes too, because if you're driving and like listening to this, I don't expect, I mean, if you want to pull over and like do stuff safely, you could do it, but we'll have it in the show notes, have a big list of things. And um, I'll also add in the pictures from the kites. (laughs) It was so cute. Like it was just, it was just so wholesome. And I think so many more of us adults like need time to just express that like childlike joy. Like it's just like just big hearts, big wholesome. I'm always down to go fly some kites. Like every time there's wind, I'm like, ooh, should I grab my kite? But it's like 30 degrees right now. So that's that's maybe for the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Springtime. I'm ready whenever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so, so much. That's it for today's episode. 
If you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.